you're listening to This Is Why Podcast. My guest today is the USA Today uh, media columnist and the author of Television is the New Television, Michael Wolf. How are you doing today? I'm just fine. How about you? I'm I'm doing really good. I spent the morning reading your book. I almost finished it, but it's it's really good. I have a bunch of questions about it, but uh, why don't you just lay out why the what the book's about to begin with? Uh, the uh, the book is is really trying to reorient the discussion about um, um, the the media discussion, and the media discussion has gotten to the point of um, um, I would say the state of the art of media discussion is that digital is um, um, is the one and only future, and um, um, the 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 digital world takes over the media world, and my um, I'm trying to counter that, and I'm trying to say that that's um, uh, largely hogwash, and um, and um, as businesses go, television is an um, is remains quite an extraordinary business. I would. I want you to talk about a few companies you sort of put a spot in care and individuals you put a spotlight on in the book, if you don't mind. Can Can we begin with um, Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg? I, those you had a very interesting take on them. I um I, yeah. I mean, I think I think Facebook is a is a fine business. Um, it, it's but. But what the Facebook business is is a um, Facebook is a volume seller of low margin advertising, um, and um, and uh, again, it's a business. That's a business that you can you can make money in. It is ultimately not a very interesting business. It's it's akin to. Um, in traditional terms, akin to yellow pages or um, um, a whole a whole range of sort of lower value media. And beyond Facebook, you put uh, spotlight on two companies. I think that exemplify what's going on in digital media. The first of which is uh, BuzzFeed. When you point out that there's a person I never heard of, Ken Lehrer, who maybe you could tell us about, who goes from the Huffington Post to BuzzFeed. Can you talk about BuzzFeed and him? Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. I mean, I think Ken Lehrer is a very successful entrepreneur, very smart, um, um, had an enormous success with with um, by selling the Huffington Post, and then started BuzzFeed. And BuzzFeed, I think, will probably make all involved um a great deal of money but from a um from a um from a value point um buzzfeed is a is a is is a company that depends on ever increasing traffic and most of that traffic is is um is bought in an in an arbitrage that goes against it so they're paying they're paying more um, then they can make on their traffic. Um, now, this is all with a f- the, f- the future promise that that um, that somehow having aggregated this kind of audience, it will it, its fortunes will reverse and it will start start to um, start to start to produce um, um, uh, vastly more than it costs and and at at um, at at a scale which um, which justifies its incredibly high valuations, but that's completely speculative at this point. And um, um, and um, judging by the direction of 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 advertising rates, um, which go down instead of up, I, I think it's I think it's unlikely to happen. I wanna. The the other uh, spotlight I want you to talk about is Vice and Shane Smith. But before that, I was watching an interview you did on PBS, I think, and you said something about uh, 
the the websites choosing this business model of giving everything away for free and relying on advertising. Um, is there really any choice? Could could there have been any real alternative to free? Well, I think that there's an obvious alternative for free is that you charge. Um, now, I you know this is. A, uh, this is all about a structural situation, which is that is that publishers came along, public, you know, uh, publishers in the business that I've grown up in, and they were convinced to give their content away for free. So that began a uh, a, a, a cycle, which is in, in in many ways at this point probably irreversible. Um, um, and uh, you you know this was. This was predicated. Free was predicated on the notion that you would you would be able to make far uh, far um, uh, more money on advertising if you, if you used free to create huge audiences. Huge audiences, in turn, would would generate huge advertising dollars. Now, that's exactly what has not happened. In fact, because there's so much free. Um, the um, the scarcity principle in advertising has disappeared. The market is glutted, and the price of advertising continues to go down. Now, with ad blocking technology, it will go down even faster. I I, I, I that works. The paywall model it could pass. I mean. I interviewed Edward Luce of the Financial Times recently. I tried to read his stuff, and I just simply could not read his columns because of the, their paywall. Um, but that works for newspapers. But there, I, what I was saying is there was no, there's no alternative to BuzzFeed saying, hey, pay $2 and you get to see our sites. I mean, that's... The... Probably not. Okay. So... Um, Finally, can you talk a little bit about Shane Smith, who he is, and about Vice? I was amazed by the valuations in your book of that company. Yeah, I mean, I think Vice is a very smart operation. It it has built um, built an incredibly well known brand, and has done this without people really knowing what Vice is. Vice actually has a very small audience, but. Nevertheless, it has it has created a brand which um, um, which far more people than have ever uh, uh, seen any kind of vice programming understand. Um, and it has it, it, it actually has a fair fair cash flow because it's it's it, it is actually what vice is is actually an advertising agency. Um, they they they. Um, uh, it's almost an old-fashioned model in which media um, media existed to run ads, and media then created the ads that um, that ran on the media it owned, um, and that's largely the vice model. So now I want to get into some of the um, questions. Actually, I mean, you talk about Netflix, but I, I, I'll go to some of the questions I wrote down particular about your new book. So uh, so the first thing is, are you, can you boil your book down to saying that TV networks like CBS and HBO are, just, are simply way better at making video content than BuzzFeed and Vice? Is that sort of what it all boils down to? Uh, in, in a sense, yes. That's what it boils down to. So what if what if some uh, billionaire says I'm going to buy all the writers and talent at CBS and I'm going to put it on ggg.com? Then does digital yeah, win this well, one? Well, I, I think I think I think let let me let me go go um, uh, make a further point about what it boils down to. What it boils down to is that digital content. Um, and the premise of digital content, which was about interactivity and about the user-generated experience, and about um, um, all of that kind of, uh, of, 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 of flattened 
landscape, um, um, in, in, which was sort of has been described as a kind of, from a business point of view, a sort of promised land of media in which it would be created by by um, by the user um, user participation. Um, therefore, um, cutting out the costs of creating content um, hasn't really worked. Um, quite the opposite. What has worked and what continues to work is traditional narrative form content, beginning, middle, and end. Um, and that's a that's a, that's a form that's um, that's very hard to create, very expensive to create depends on a very select set of skills is ultimately, I would argue, a more complicated thing to do than to create technology, which is, of course, the, the thing that is most valued at this point. But um, what is really, what has really become the point of technology is uh, just a different, and one can argue, more efficient way to get to traditional content. So therefore you have Netflix, which, um, uh, which the argument is that, is that Netflix, Netflix has disrupted traditional entertainment, but obviously what Netflix is exclusively is traditional entertainment, traditional television. What one thing you, that I, I was just watching a video of you at a conference and you said something that was so true that I'd never thought about, which is, that what do we talk about when you go to dinner with a group of people? No one is talking about quote unquote social media, but we're always talking about Breaking Bad and these TV shows, which is totally true. But the one, the one overriding question um, in any social circumstance with friends, with family, with coworkers, is uh, the following, um, and everybody says it to each other. It is. What are you watching? Yes. What are you watching? What are you watching? Yes. But but let me but what if it doesn't that's true, but what about this? I mean, look at the ratings. It said that I don't know if you're aware of him, the Alex Jones. Do you know him? Yeah, uh, somewhat. Yeah. They say he's his, the conspiracy he's the conspiracy yeah. guy. Yeah. They say his show has better uh, more viewers better ratings than a, a lot of MSNBC shows today i mean the MSNBC ratings are terrible uh so does that fly in the face of your new book well no i mean for one of the things you know MSNBC um um is a relatively successful business, although the least successful, of course, of the of the twenty twenty four seven cable news channels. But it is relatively successful because it has a model in which people pay for it. So um, I'm paid directly. You you pay you have a cable bill. Part of that money goes to MSNBC. Um, so that's a that's a very successful model because it's half advertising and half subscription. Other models and and um, you know digital models are almost all, save for a few instances like Netflix and Amazon, um, um, 100% advertising in a world in which the cost of advertising continues to go down. But can't that be disruptive? I mean, no, by a, a, a number of things. Let me give you an example. I would cancel my cable if I could watch the, the Chicago Blackhawks games without cable. If, if, if I could watch it. Yeah, but, but, but well, well I, 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 there are a couple of points there. How, how can you watch it without cable? Well, the cable, the cable is not is not only the way you get your television, but it is the way you get your um, um, it, it is the only way you can get digital programming. You cannot cut your cable. So the idea of cutting a cable is is a um, is a digital myth. You are dependent on that cable. Well, I mean, you can no. pay for Wi-Fi without paying for the, the television. 
That's uh, well, you, can, you yes, you can. You you certainly can, as you could once pay for cable without Wi-Fi. Um, but you're still dependent on a distribution channel, um, which which will invariably package and repackage. So or bundle and rebundle, as it were. So yes, we can unbundle, and we will go through a period of unbundling. That's that's, or we will go from a peer a period in which there is one bundle to there are a um, a variety of bundles. But the nature of media is always that a hit. The fact that 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 you have the exclusive thing that someone wants to watch and badly wants to watch um, means that you can then recreate a new bundle. That's the leverage of the media business, an extraordinary kind of leverage, actually. Let me continue with this uh, devil's advocate line. I love the book. I really agree with it. But I want to just throw you some uh, tough Tough, sure. tough one. So I think you, I, I just watched a video and the guy on the stage asked you about piracy. And you, you're like, oh, it, it takes a lot of effort. It's not as big as it used to be. Are you underestimating piracy? Let me give you an example. I, I don't see why it shouldn't be possible next year for some somebody to design a way where you simply take one person's TV you take the Blackhawk Chicago Blackhawks game that's live on CSN here in Chicago, and then you can watch it in perfect HD on any other screen without paying for it. I mean, that seems entirely plausible. And if that happened, wouldn't that disrupt what this whole well, TV I, model? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, listen, everybody, you know, if somebody steals your your um um your your product or your assets that's a um that's a serious thing and so the issue is not is not is not piracy but your your willingness and ability to protect what you own um now that failed for people in the music business um for for a lot of reasons um mostly having to do with with their own disorganization and incompetence. Um, it failed in the, um, um, in, in the print business, um, again, because they just, they just didn't see it coming. They just didn't know what to do when it arrived. Um, and at, at, at the point when they still could have perhaps done something, were too disorganized to get together and do it. The thing about the television business, the interesting thing is that you know, it's it's a business that has that has um, been about defending its own turf for um, for almost the entirety of its existence. Um, it, it's you know, for better or worse, it has been very very good at um, at at protecting itself. Um, you know, the the original you know you know YouTube came around and YouTube was was effectively a Napster for for video. That's what it was meant to be, and that's what it that's what it quickly became until until Viacom sued it um, and rather you know sued it into into relative submission. And so I I, I don't see. Um, I, I don't see the television guys making the same mistake as as um, as music and print. I, I just want to raise this question: you, it, Are you suggesting that had the m- music industry been as into defending its turf that they could have stopped piracy of music? Absolutely. How, how would they have done that? Well, I, I mean, I think it's, I, I don't know how they would have, how they would have done it. I mean, the, as I said, the, um, um, the, um, uh, the television business used um, a, 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 a firewall of litigation um, to stop um, 
to stop YouTube. Um, you, you know, the, the, the music business tried to sue Napster, did successfully sue Napster, um, but then failed at, at, at other points of, of this. So, I mean, as, as I say, you know, one can always lose one's business. Nothing is safe in this in this world. Your business can all can can be taken um, by by any number of methods, by competitive methods, by um, 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 by, by by people stealing your products. Um, um, you you name it. So it's your obligation to protect it. Um, clearly, the music business didn't protect it. To say they couldn't have done it. Well, how, how would they have done that? That's that seems that seems preposterous. There's 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 um, um, uh, you you know you that's your responsibility to figure out how to protect your business. If you can't figure out, then you deserve to lose it. Um, and and it's is it is absolutely possible that that the that the television business could um, um, that people in the television business could be um, not up to the job. But as I say, I think I think that um, uh, that's certainly so far they have been, and um, um, uh, it, it's it's not their first experience with protecting their uh, their particular turf. How real is the prospect that um, in a few years? We could people who want cable will just be able to say, "I only want ESPN and CNN," and just pick do the a la carte uh, option, which people have been talking about for years. I, I think it's I think it's totally unrealistic and in in, in in every possible way. I don't see why that is that would be to the benefit. I don't see it it, it ultimately being to the benefit of consumers or to the benefit of producers. So right now, what it is is to the benefit is the benefit of 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 digital competitors. So you know we're 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 in a world of relative agitprop, um, in which the message that we get, which is largely the digital message, um, is um, is is about cord cutting, which as I as I said is not a real thing, and. Um, um, and and of, of of the breakdown of the bundle. When I was reading your book, one passage struck me. I, I want to read it to you, and then ask a question about it. You say on page seventy four, um, on the web, you had an audience that was as though in the middle of a busy street. Its attention caught by sudden sudden random mo- movements, loud noises, screeching cars. Ugly or comely passerbys, passerby. It, and I, I read that and I thought, do you not like the internet that much anymore? Uh, and who does? <laughs> I, but I mean, do you have? I mean, do you? What do you think of the what the web has become these days? You've been around I it. I think it's a. I, I think it's a junkie. Um, you know, it's. I mean, I mean, it's 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 almost impossible to 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 answer that question. The web is the web is 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 everything. Um, therefore, it's nothing. Um, it it has no single function. It it per it 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 offers no no particular um, 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 point of view style. Um, it, it it isn't anything. Um, so. Therefore, to be even begin to to uh, uh, to describe it as a particular kind of kind of uh, of, of of media doesn't doesn't really work. Um, it's it's like you, you know it's like the publishing business, um, and the publishing business spanned from some high end stuff to mostly um, dreck and junk and. Um, um, yellow pages and um, um, shoppers and um, catalogs and um, um, and and junk mail. That's the web. One thing I, I wanted to do. I think you might you might probably be the most knowledgeable per, knowledgeable person on earth about the media business. And 
Yeah, one thing I love about reading you is your descriptions of people. Um, well, actually, I want to do like a little name association later, but before that, I just remembered I would love to hear you talk about Yahoo and Marissa Mayer. You wrote a column on USA Today. I highly recommend your your columns. They're a must read for me, at least. Um, can you talk a little bit about Marissa Mayer and what's going on at Yahoo? Yeah, well, I, I mean, what's going on on Yahoo is obviously the end of Yahoo. This is a, um, uh, you know, this is a company that, that that ran its course and ran out of gas some time ago. Um, and Marissa Mayer, I'm, I'm sure she's a relatively um, intelligent person, but inherited a, a, a company which um, which she tried to. Um, she tried to remake as something um, as something great, and that was that was an effort that just merely was, I think, what we call throwing good money after bad. Uh, so, so Yahoo at its present will be sold essentially for for relative scrap right now. All Yahoo is is a collection of 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 traffic, an enormous amount of traffic. Um, but not traffic that anybody can um, can make a lot of money on. Um, or let me rephrase that: they can still make a lot of money if they don't spend a lot of money. But the plan has continuously been: let's spend a lot of money and make something greater. Something greater is not going to be made. Something lesser will be made, and somebody will will profit from it. I, I, but it's it's and it's important to see this. I mean, Yahoo is a very good example of of the way digital media goes. It doesn't it doesn't ultimately scale up. It scales down. Um, it it becomes always lesser instead of instead of greater. Um, and this is what, largely because it depends on on ever more traffic and ever more traffic is is always worth um <coughs> is worth less and less um partly because there's so much of it another column I, you wrote that I'd love to hear you talk about is uh, you wrote about Twitter at its current price is it overvalued or undervalued and what what do you th- what do you think about Twitter, basically? No, I mean, I, I, Twitter is way overvalued, but I think Twitter is terrific. Um, it just is. Um, I mean, it's an, in, an interesting. It's an interesting product. It's an interesting tool. Um, um, but what it is 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 a. Um, uh, it's almost a business to business play. It works very well for journalists and people in the information business. Um, it, it is significantly less valuable as a general consumer um, consumer product, as an entertainment um, a, a pastime, as all of the things that make it dependent that that would have made it a Facebook like like competitor and um, able to scale into the. Um, into the billions of users, um, it probably has a natural level of of users in the in the tens of millions instead of in the billions. So, and it is now valued um, or has been valued um, with the um, uh, with the prospect that it would reach billions. Now it is being revalued um, on the basis that it will reach tens of millions. So. You wrote a great book about Rupert Murdoch called The Man Who Owns the News. Um, there's some interesting stuff, I guess you might add, to a future version of the book. What really intrigues me is, when when do you think Roger Ailes is leaving Fox? I, I think Roger Ailes leaves Fox either uh, feet first or when Rupert Murdoch leaves um, leaves. Fox, and that will be feet first. So, like, but but what year do you think Ailes is going to retire? I, you know, I, I I don't I don't I don't really don't expect um, um, Ailes to retire until he has to retire, and and um, and I think that will be, as I say, either if he gets 
um, yeah. if, if he's ill and um, and he seems um, he seems in in fine shape now, or if or if Murdoch gets um, um, leaves the company one one way or the other, or leaves managing the company. I mean, I don't think that the that the Murdoch children have any love for Ailes, and I think they would like to see him gone. Um, um, but uh, Rupert is smart enough to know that Fox News is is a in many ways a one man show. So what you just said is another way of saying the the Murdoch children don't like Fox News, and if if it was up to them, they would turn it into something that's less conservative. Well, you know, I think it's problematic for them. Um, I mean, they don't like Fox News, but they like Roger Ailes, I think, even less. Um, um, and and I don't know. It's probably it's it, it's a dilemma that they probably don't want to face. Um, I think it becomes difficult for them if they suddenly have to make the decision of and they have to deal with Roger directly. And have to make the decision uh, about supporting what Roger does. I think that will be hard for them, but I think they will be um, uh, regretful about losing the um, uh, the franchise Roger has created and the cash flow it produces for them. But I make no mistake, Roger Ailes at this point supports um, the Murdoch. If 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 God told you to invite the five most powerful people in media to a dinner, who would you invite? Oh, geez, I'm not sure I can do this. Um, but I I would um, um, I would say right now it's um, um, it is. Uh, um, it's Leslie Moonvase. It's the um, it's the Roberts at um, uh, Comcast. Um, it's uh, Rupert Murdoch. Probably Roger Ailes. Um, and it's Bob Iger. And I one thing that's amazing about you is like you know all the characters behind the scenes if you if you don't mind i wanted to do a little bit of word association where you just can sort of tell me about the person you know what they're like or just give me your little um thumbnail sketch of, of some people or your take on them so if you don't go, mind i'll just go for it so why don't we Shoot. how about ariana huffington uh, uh, you know, she's the um, she is the friendliest, most accessible, um, kindest. Um, uh, it's kind. It's it's sort of extraordinary. She has she has built a career on um, on on being a mensch. Wow. Uh, Mark Andreessen. You know, uh, um, ex extremely smart. Um, um, I, I, a, a kind of singularly singular propagandist for, um, for digital media and for his own interests. Um, I, I think at this point in time, he's probably one of the few people whose very word um, might create a, a, a success. Um, and in that, he's both, that's, that's a both uh, obviously a, a danger and a gift. How about Jeff Zucker? Um, 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 among among the most competitive people I've ever met, 
smart. Um, a, a traditional television guy, one of the most traditional that that I know, almost someone who as though as though time has not uh, much um, much progressed since 1985. Sumner Redstone. Uh, Sumner. Um, well, he's, um, uh, you know, there was a, you know, Sumner once said he would, um, he would live forever. And um, um, that is proving to be true, although he did not say what shape he would be in. And um, um, so he is living forever in a kind of um, half life, which um, has proved to be uh, very difficult for um, for the companies that he owns. Ted Turner. Ian Ted Turner is sort of um, you know a founding father. Um, you know he made the modern media business, but. Um, it has certainly not been a factor in it. I mean, almost a kind of a, you know, became a kind of sort of tragic figure of the modern media business, the man who made it. And then the man who lost it, um, you know, and that was, that was by the sale of his company to, to time Warner in the mid nineties. Nick Denton of Gawker. He's a, a shit. Um, <laughs> Okay. Just I'll just leave it at that. Okay. How about Jeff Jarvis? Yeah, I, you know, I think I think you know Jeff is a, is a is someone I like, and um, I I've known for for a long time. I mean, he's very vested. He has a vested interest in in digital media. I mean, that's essentially he left the traditional media business. Um, and then made a career as a um, um, as a proselytizer for and defender of digital media. So it's 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 very you know I often find myself in an argument with him, but it's it's um, um, it's, it's an odd argument to have with someone who has a vested interest. Essentially, is a paid defender of of digital media you two should debate that'd be a, a good youtube video um how about tina brown uh, you know tina is a um um one of those one of those particular figures that comes from a point in the history of the media business when um, when you could you could spend and lose enormous amounts of money with relative impunity, um, and that's what she made her career and reputation on on losing money, and um, and it was a, a long career. Um, so and a long career, which means that she lost um, an awful lot of money. But I think those days are over, so I, I, I think she's fundamentally out of business. I'm not going to ask you any more that many more, but Ari Emanuel. Um, well, Ari is um, is is unique. He, um, you know, Ari often um, often uh, calls me up. Has read an article of mine. He calls me up, um, and suddenly he's. He's 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 on the phone and he's talking and it takes me always a minute to um, to figure out um, who who it is um, <laughs> and he sometimes likes likes what I've written or sometimes hates what I've written um, but delivers a critique very passionately and then I say um, yes and and then he says invariably gotta go. <laughs> um, I Given you know what you've been writing about, I I would I'm dying to hear. I haven't heard or read anything you've written about Chris Hughes and the New Republic saga. Do you have anything to say about that? 
what happened? I, I, I think I did write something, although, although I don't quite remember what it is. But um, um, yeah, I, I just think that's a that was a pathetic business. Um, you know, he had no. Um, um, I, I don't have anything new to add. Everybody has picked him apart and 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 hammered him down down to down to nothing and he 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 deserves it he was foolish um um if not a fool and um um a, a, a level of 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 arrogance that he has i think paid dearly for you seem to not not take a liking to the new york times um I have a few few questions on that. The number one being, will a Sulzberger own it in ten years? But can you talk about that and also what you think of Dean Bacat and Joe Aberson and what the paper is today? I, I don't think that the that the Sulzberger family will own it in ten years. Um, I I think just the realities of of the. Of, of the newspaper business have changed enough that that it, it seems implausible that the same ownership models would could would continue for another uh, could would continue there indefinitely or or for another generation. Um, otherwise, I mean, I, I think the New York Times is still a a, a great newspaper. Um, uh, without question, I think the greatest newspaper. Uh, you know, uh, it's the fact that I would do things differently than they do um, is is uh, uh, is a is a, a circumstance that I think has always been the case with the with the with the New York Times that um, that people take take issue with it because it is so um, so important and central to the lives of. Of of a certain kind of kind of person, not not least of all other journalists. Um, so I mean, I mean, I think that that um, that the current the current New York Times. I, I sometimes wonder where it has where it is heading, and if it hasn't wandered off in a um, um, in a, in in a direction trying to please an audience that it actually may not have. Um, but having said all that, um, I'm grateful that it arrives every morning. How much sway do you think Carlos Swim, Slim has on the New York Times when they write about Mexico or, say, immigration? Well, I think every. Well, I'm not sure on 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 immigration. I I mean, it's there, and I'm not even sure about Mexico. When they write about him, um, I I'm sure that they that he has that he has some sway, but but not. I I don't I don't really regard these things as being um, um, uh, certainly not not rising to the level of impediments, and certainly not to hidden conspiracies. Um, all, you know, all publications have have um, have some sacred cows, and um, they tread lightly at some points. And um, I, I, I'm sure if 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 the Times directly um, encounters his interest, they they um, uh, will. Um, in the many years that I was at. Uh, uh, writing a column for for Vanity Fair, um, there were always, um, almost invariably, when you were writing about the media business, you ended up writing about Graydon Carter, who was the editor, writing about his friends, and and um, um, and when that happened, he would um, uh, he would say you would write a column, and he would say yes, you did a great job, great job, but then he would say but but perhaps you could you could go through it with the courtesy brush. <laughs> the the great thing about you and your most recent book T television is the new television is you're you are always you sort of have this sort of uh, contrarian streak and you're always trying to pinch bubbles in conventional wisdoms what's some other conventional wisdoms that you're looking at now and you're thinking maybe that bubble needs to be popped well, I don't know. I'm, you know, most of all, I'm thinking about, 
about about the digital business, you know, and, and the digital business, um, uh, which I think is a bubble. I think it will pop. I think it is a promise that was that has not been realized and that it will not be realized. Um, is also a business that I've spent a long time um, being very optimistic about. Um, actually, you know, in perhaps in my contrarian form, when most people were resisting the digital business, I was um, um, I was uh, uh, pronouncing it the inevitable future, and I, I seem to have been right about that. And um, uh, now I. Um, I think I'll be right about the fact that it will be the inevitable past. I, anybody who's read your Wikipedia or read your your journalism sort of gets a sense you're a very well-connected man. You, you know, I mean, your Rolodex seems to be very deep with people of great wealth and influence. Is that, how has that been been the case with you is did you just grow up with a lot of people on wall street or have you purposely seek people out how did that happen you know i when um uh, that's funny because i often say i often find myself self-thinking how come i don't know anybody how come no one invites me to anything how come i'm sitting home uh, uh, alone um um so i think that this is all the, the this is all relative. Um, um, I, you know, I, I've been doing this for a long time, so I've, 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 I've met a lot of people. Some of them, some of them like me, many of them don't like me. Um, um, and, um, and I, 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 whenever I start a new article, I always, uh, I always think, Oh, if I had just gone to that party or that party, then I would know, the person I should know to write this article, but alas, um, I slept in and didn't go to the party. I, I, you run, or you founded a company called News, I mean, not a company, a website, news aggregator called Newser. I, I'm yes. wondering what, I, one person I forgot to ask you about is Matt Drudge in the Drudge Report. Can, I would love to hear your take on it today. You know, I don't really have a have a take on it. I don't. I, you know, I mean, it's been extremely. I think it's one of those oddities, those digital oddities. Um, it got an audience early on. Has only ever continued to to build its audience. It has. It offers a very particular and narrow uh, product. Um, so it's it's one of those those kind of kind of rare successes in which someone has just stuck to his thing. This is what I do. I don't pretend to do anything more than this. Um, I don't have dreams of empire. Um, I just do what I do every day and, um, um, and it works. So, um, I'm not going to mess with it. What do you know about the mysterious Matt Drudge though? What, who is this? I, I know nothing. I know nothing about him. Um, I don't think I've ever communicated with him. He 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 links to my stuff, um, for which I'm grateful for. But I don't know why he does. Um, and uh, that's that's literally all I know about him. Uh, I I I don't want to take up much more of your time, so I want to ask you uh, just a few more questions. You wrote uh, one column about the Daily Mail, which I think, am I wrong, is that the biggest news website in the world right now? Yeah, yeah I, I think it is, or advised with with just a few others, yes. Can you tell us your thoughts on it? You, you said Daily Mail well, yeah. solves the Internet paradox. You wrote. Well, you know, I, I thought it was, I mean, here, here's what the, the, the publishing industry, the digital world came around, and the publishing industry said, said, oh, we have to be digital. So we have to take what we do and convert it into a digital product. Um, that has not worked for virtually anyone. Um, it's taken, you know, at best, it's taken billion-dollar businesses and turned them into businesses worth, worth tens of millions of dollars. Um, 
Um, the Daily Mail, on the other hand, did it differently. And um, uh, so the Daily Mail, which is the, the, the biggest newspaper in, in the United Kingdom and probably the most, the most influential, um, didn't, didn't become the Mail Online. Instead, they said, okay, you want to do a digital product? They said to some, some people there, go do a digital online product. You can call it the Daily Mail, but, 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 just, but don't think about the newspaper. Don't translate the newspaper into a digital form. Just make a new product for the web, um, which they did, and it's been quite successful, and it's a sort of an international... Um, Hollywood gossip site, I suppose. Um, whereas the Daily Mail newspaper remains a very um, British, you know, the, uh, sort of um, always called the voice of Middle England, um, um, a, a, a product that, that actually, if you're not British, is very, very hard to read. But the two products don't compete with each other. Um, they don't undermine each other. And... Um, and they've really built their, they really are separate businesses. Yeah, it's strange. Sean. You have Christopher Hitchens' brother writing for the same site that has all this Kardashian news. It's sort of interesting. Uh, right. So if you had to add a chapter to your mur- book on Rupert Murdoch, the man who owns the news, what would it be about? His new wife or? Well, you know, it's, 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 it's curious because it's, it would almost take more than a chapter. You know, there was the other, um, the other biography, um, uh, Murdoch biography, uh, uh, kind of authoritative Murdoch biography was written in 1992. Um, and at, at a point in which, which it looked like Murdoch's career was was winding down. He was in his late sixties. Um, um, he had actually promised his wife he would retire. Um, it really looked like that was um, um, that that he was he was um, um, he had accomplished what he was going to accomplish. Um, well, of course, that book came out, and he went on to um, and and. It turned out that was only the beginning, right at the beginning of the most um, uh, the most transformative period in his career, which is the next the next um, the next twenty years. And um, uh, when I wrote my book, um, um, which was after he had bought the Wall Street Journal, and I felt the same way. I felt that he was. Um, uh, he was almost 80 years old, and he had he had accomplished the one thing that he had always dreamed of, of accomplishing: buying the Wall Street Journal, and that this was um, uh, this was the the wind down period of his of his life. Now, in fact, since then, and that was in, in 2008. Um, um, again, possibly the most dramatic time in his career has has once again happened and that's with with the hacking scandal in the UK surviving the hacking scandal um the breakup of his dividing his company in two pieces the elevation of his sons to um uh to the top spot and the end of his marriage and the beginning of an of a of a of a new and wholly unlikely marriage so uh, I, I would say it's not really a chapter that the man is another book. Maybe are you thinking of writing it? No. Well, I'm not going to make that. I'm not going to make the mistake of writing another Murdoch book until he really does exit feet first. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, you've spent time with Murdoch and and at least interviewing, if not socially, with a lot of super rich individuals. What what do they have in common? Some people say it's not about intelligence; it's more about risk taking. It's that they're bigger risk takers. I'm sure you've 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 well, noticed. What they, have in, what they have in common is that they have more money. 
well, not all of them now, started. The question, the question, why do they have more money? Um, I, you know, I don't know. They have more money because they were, yeah, because uh, of, of, you know, of luck and circumstance and, um, and then occasionally a little, a little vision and, um, and of course the ability just to, um, uh, uh, to stick to it. They, they, they don't lose interest in money which actually most of us, when we get a little of it, do. What do you think is the biggest bubble in Silicon Valley as far as companies? Um, you know, I, I, think, I think any business in Silicon Valley that is advertising dependent is, is, um, is in the middle of a big bubble. That includes Google. Yes. Wow. So, do do, do we have a tech bubble? Yeah, un, unquestionably. I mean, much of the tech industry right now is supported by advertising, and um, um, and I think that that is going to go through a very very difficult transition. It is going through a difficult transition right now. What are you calling the CPMs, the the cost of the advertising? Those have been, I know, yeah. I know also for ad ad blocking the the ability to sell ads is under um, uh, under an, under in, in enormous pressure. Actually, it's under a, a full scale revision. You're not going to be able to sell ads so easily. But the, the CPMs have been going down, as you document in your book. But the 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 st- valuations of Fang or Google and Facebook keep going or have gone up during that same time. Doesn't what? What do you think of that? Well, I th- I mean I think that's what you call you call a bubble, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, I mean. While CPNs have been going down, traffic has been going up. Um, now that's a confusing thing because because you know, traffic has has been going up, but the measure of traffic, the quality of traffic, is, um, is 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 another issue. You know, I mean, by some measures, up to a third of traffic. By other measures, up to a half of traffic is is um, is fraudulent traffic. Doesn't really even exist. Um, so, I mean, that's that's a that's a major factor um, uh, which the bubble has to come to terms with at, at some at some point. But the numbers on the face of it are continue to look to look good. So CPMs may be going down, but traffic goes up. Therefore, therefore, revenues go up. If, if I think Google, no, it's Apple. Oh, sorry, I was going to ask what you thought. Should be the most valuable com- company on earth, since now it's 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 Apple. But I thought it was Google. Uh, do, what do you think Oculus Rift virtual reality is going to do to the movie theater business? I, I don't think it's going to do anything to the movie theater business. I think it's one of those. You know, you know, the movies have always had this 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 hope that something was going to come along and um, um, and. Um, and and change the experience, make the experience better, whether it was 3D or smellorama or whatever. Um, and um, you know, and that has only ever worked on on the margins. Um, the movies work well, not really because of technology, but because of story. Why do you think Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post? Because he could. Ego thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in interest, you don't. I don't think. I don't necessarily want to belittle it. I mean, I think he was probably interested in it. I mean, if you had, um, if you had two hundred fifty million dollars that didn't mean anything to you, and and you could buy a one of the leading newspapers in the world, that that would probably be an interesting thing to do. 
if someone graduated journalism school and they were offered a job from BuzzFeed and CBS, where would you tell them to go take the job? You know, geez, that's a, um, um, I, I, I'm going to punt on that. I don't really know the answer to it. Um, I think, I think, um, Buzzfeed is a, is an, is a less interesting place to be. I think you're, you're doing, you're doing mostly, um, formulaic, um, low value work. Um, but the problem with CBS and let's I'm assume we're talking about the CBS news department is, um, is, uh, is depressed. Um, I, I don't think you're going to go there and be excited about your, your job. Um, although I, th I think it's, it's, um, you're, you're more, more liable to, to learn, to get a more valuable point of view in the television business than you are in the BuzzFeed business. What would you tell someone who said, I'm thinking of going to journalism school? I would say, don't go to journalism school. Do not do that. Go back. <laughs> I mean, how, so I guess that sort of answers it, but like, how hard is it to make money if you're not, you're, you want to be a writer? How hard is it to, write online and get paid for that? I, I think it's, 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 it's fairly easy. I think that there are a lot of, a lot of opportunities um, in the digital space right now. I don't think that there's a lot of opportunities to make a lot of money. Um, I think it's very hard to envision a lifelong career in digital media um, as one um, had been able to for many generations in newspapers and magazines. Um, um, but if you're, if you're young and you're just getting out of school, there's a lot of, um, uh, there's a lot of jobs at that level. You see these bylines all over the internet of like younger writers. And I always wonder, you know, because the internet's more opaque than you can't walk into Buzzfeed the way you'd imagine walking into the LA times does it work like I send you the article, and if it's a column, I get ten bucks back? It's it's very unclear how how getting paid for writing on the internet works. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, it's always been very unclear how getting paid for um, any writing works, and it's <laughs> yeah. the same. I think it's the same as always, and as always has been, has been. You need a relationship with um, with somebody who's in a position to pay. So how you get that has always been a kind of thing, you know. You know how, how do you get your foot in the door? How do you get your get someone to be interested in in your in in your work? Um, the idea of sending something, as we used to say, over the transom, was never a very efficient way to um, to get some business. Who do you think's the leading candidate to to own the New York Times if it's not a Sulzberger? I'm Michael Bloomberg. And he's not going to run for president, right? Uh, yeah, I I think I mean I think he has said if Hillary Clinton is running for president if she gets the Democratic nomination or it looks like she's uh, uh, um in a strong position to get it, he will not run. And that seems to be what's happening right now. I only have two more questions. Thank you so much for your time. Um, why does Rupert Murdoch love neocons so much? Well, I, I don't. He doesn't necessarily love love the neocons um, uh, so much, but he he's you know Rupert is a very conservative um, um, guy, a kind of classically conservative guy um so um uh, you know so the, those are the kind of guys who appeal to him and to the extent that he that he has been aligned with neocons um it, it really is this kind of interesting thing about about murdoch i mean he's 
he's hired these guys and so that they become his kind of brain trust. And R- Rupert is is um, often swayed by the last person he's spoken to. Well, I mean, Pat Buchanan lost his job at MSNBC. Fox could have hired him. You know, he didn't. Um, but it, it right, hired... That, it, that, that, that would have been a Roger... Ailes' point of view on his value as a um, as a as a television person. Yeah, but it so, hires you know, all I'm, these boring neocons like Stephen Hayes, and you know it's, it's funny. Right. Well, partly because they're not that expensive. Okay. Good point. Um, finally, I want to ask you: What are your daily reads and like your favorite writers, especially on media? I know David Card died tragically last year, but was never we were, we were never very close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. not that he should have died, but um, nevertheless, um, um, I you know I read what I've what I've always read. I read you know three newspapers in the morning. I read I read the Times, the Journal, and the and the Financial Times, um, and. Um, um, and then I, um, you know, read the gamut of what what catches my attention. Um, there are no particular um, media writers or competitors of mine, if you will, that I'm especially enamored with. Probably because they're competitors of mine. Um, I think I think Jack Schaefer is is is. Um, um, is is an extraordinarily good media writer. Um, uh, there are writers in the UK I like a lot. Um, it's a, the UK journalism is, is probably closer to what I tend to do. Um, and you know, but it's it's a it's a just a you know. I, I mean, I operate like. Like I suppose everybody else does now. Whatever comes over the Twitter feed and grabs my attention is what I'm looking at.